We live on this earth that is able to regenerate herself. And she shows this to us every single day with the setting sun and with the rising sun. And that we too are able to regenerate and heal and change our ways. Some things I want to share in terms of beauty. One is actually supporting the nervous system and how critical the nervous system is for us to be in a vibration of beauty and and attraction. Another aspect is nourishment, how important it is for our bodies to be deeply nourished. And then there's plants that are aphrodisiacs that open us and bring us into pleasure. And so there are plants that help us open and receive and connect to pleasure, which really is a key component to beauty. You're listening to Plant Love Radio, episode number 80. Welcome to Plant Love Radio, a place where you'll discover how to create a balanced, vibrant, and resilient life through the wonders of herbal medicine. I'm your host, Lana Camille, a college professor, drug information pharmacist, and an herbalist. You love my amazing guests, herbal teachers, clinicians, medicine makers, growers, and artists. Thank you for joining me on this adventure. Let's get the show started. Hello, friends. I hope you're having a good week. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Marisha Mirnovska. Marisha is an herbalist, teacher, author, earth activist, gardener, and a green witch. Her work and passion are rooted in the wise woman tradition of healing. She's a director of the School of Sacred Wild, where she teaches herbal medicine, earth magic, and holistic healing. Marisha has grown up internationally and traveled extensively, learning different ways of tending to the earth and sharing regenerative grassroot earth medicine. She draws on her background to keep her feet rooted by designing and tending to medicinal and sacred gardens using permaculture and biodynamic practices. In addition to making herbal medicine and running her yearly apprenticeship program, Marisha consults, formulates for natural healing companies, curates educational events, writes, speaks, and teaches internationally. She has authored the book, The Witch's Herbal Apothecary, Rituals and Recipes for a Year of Earth Magic and Sacred Medicine Making. Marisha's kindly offered a signed copy of her book, to be used as a raffle prize for this episode of Plant Love Radio. So please head over to co-fee.com slash plantloveradio and share some of your favorite moments from this episode to get entered into the raffle. In this conversation, we are talking about the wheel of the year and herbal skin beauty. For all resources discussed today, please head over to the show notes at plantloveradio.com slash 80. Enjoy. Marisha, hello. How are you doing? Welcome to Plant Love Radio. Thank you so much for having me. This conversation, we were planning it for a few weeks, and I have been thinking and rethinking of the topic, and I'm just so, so thrilled. I recently read that you were named one of the top 15 witches on Instagram by the Huffington Post. And it just made me smile so much because (laughs) I think a lot of herbalists feel that they are truly green witches. But I wanted to take you back to your earlier years. Let's talk a little bit about how you first became interested in herbal medicine. What are your herbal roots? Yeah. So the very first memories I have are of my great grandmother teaching me about how to harvest nettles without getting stung. And so a lot of my herbal roots are from Polish folk herbalism Mm -hmm. and really herbalism that isn't even called herbalism because it's just a way of life and a way of being with the plants. So really kind of the grandmother's ways 
And then I ended up finding my way through many years back to herbalism. And at a moment when I was sick and I had my own healing crisis and was finding that all these different kinds of natural medicine, as well as allopathic medicine, weren't really restoring my vitality, weren't really bringing me back into optimal health after having a round of antibiotics and having had parasites and being very sick in my gut. And I found my way back to the wild weeds mm-hmm. and to the nourishing herbs and to the plants of the forest and some of those unsung heroes like nettles or oat straw. And I also at that time was living in a rural part of Vermont and found my teacher, Sage Maurer, my dear friend and, and the founder of the Guy's School of Healing. And I began studying with her and learning about the wise woman tradition of healing, which is uh, folk medicine, it's folk healing. And so it just kind of felt like my roots of learning about the plants, of learning about food medicine, of connecting to the gardens and the forests, and some of these kind of dreamy memories I have of infusing linden flowers and water and sunlight with my grandmothers. It just all kind of came back with the intellectual understanding later of like, oh, this is a cosmology. This is a tradition of healing. It is a way of relating to the earth and to natural medicine. So lovely. At the very beginning of our conversation, before I turned on the recording, we talked about places where we were born. And so we were actually born very close to each other in Poland and Ukraine. And I remember those beautiful linden trees, the smell of linden trees, and some of these things so near and dear to my heart. Yeah. It's also beautiful. You know, I love that. And It's been a beautiful thing as a teacher. Now I've had so many apprentices to find that, yes, some students who have similar ancestry as me will connect and have this deep remembering. I often actually start and introduce them first to the linden tree. Mm -hmm. The linden tree is like this grandmother plant. And and she is, of course, a nervine and calming to the nervous system and opening to the heart and relaxing to tissues. So when you're kind of meeting someone for the first time, if you drink Linden, there's this like, ah, softening and this like calming presence and this opening. And then the support, Linden is also incredibly supportive to the musculoskeletal structure. So there's often this feeling when I meditate with Linden and my students do of like, leaning back against this big tree and being held and like the root chakra is supported and the heart is opened. But it's also been amazing to notice that students who don't have Polish or Eastern European ancestry also feel this deep collective grandmother remembering. And I think that has been one of the really rewarding aspects of my work has been connecting people back to this deep ancestral remembering of being with the earth and being in relationship to these nourishing traditions, regardless of cultural ancestry, there's really kind of like the root of the root of the root, where we're all made of the earth and of the stars, and we find comfort with the plant. That is absolutely true. These days, I work at the university and the place where the university is located, there's a lot of linden trees. And so in the middle of June, I usually bring out my pharmacy students to go for a walk and smell the linden blossoms. So it feels like everything is connected and everything comes together. So Tell us a little bit about your life right now. You mentioned that you have apprenticeship and so how the herbal medicine fits into it. I know your motto is regenerative healing for earth and for the people. Tell us a little bit more of what inspires you today. Yeah, so I'm currently the, the director of the School of the Sacred Wild And I've been teaching and guiding students on an apprenticeship journey for for the last many years, actually, and previously was teaching under the Gaia School of Healing, California. And I take students on this journey through the wheel of the year, teaching them about folk herbalism, giving them a training in herbalism, in natural healing, in holistic medicine, through the lens and the context of 
reconnecting ourselves to the cycles of the earth, to the seasons, to the cycles of the moon, and to these kind of regenerative currents of nature. And a lot of my work really at the root of it is this prayer and desire and and intention to reweave people and earth back together. And so I do that through education. The form of education is really by teaching students how to learn directly from the plants. So it's a lot less of me, you know, I do lecture about the plants, but it really begins with plant meditations and with students learning how to receive the plants through their bodies. And and we do plant meditations. And I also share rituals for, for deep connections. So A lot of it is education and this kind of embodied hands-on experience of learning how to make herbal medicine, learning how to grow a garden, learning how to regenerate the soil. And then I also work to create these bridges through outreach, through speaking, through my book. I'm a published author through these conversations, right? And through holding ceremony ritual through making medicine and supporting regenerative agriculture, supporting people who are farming or growing plants or creating from plants in a way that is not extractive, but in a way that feeds the earth, that regenerates communities. So that whole model and and my mantra of regenerative healing for earth and people, it's realizing that self-care is earth care, that as an herbalist and as a healer, when I am offering nourishing practices to people that they can heal themselves and that heals their relationship to the earth and the earth receives healing from that, they walk differently on the earth. And that when I am in the garden or consulting with farmers and getting them to transition to more regenerative models by them healing the earth they are also healing themselves and their communities and their bodies and their relationships. Thank you for sharing this. So when I reached out to you, we decided that we will talk about two larger topics today. One of them was the cycles of the year and the concept of beauty and skin health and botanicals and how it fits into this. Mm -hmm. And where should we begin? Should we start with the wheel of the year? I think so. I mean, we can look at it from the lens of beauty. So the wheel of the year and the seasons are really the model that bring us into harmony with the life, death, rebirth cycle. Mm -hmm. And this is a cycle that we see in the seasons, right? In the garden, in the plants, we have a plant that grows in the fall. It begins to become brown and die back. Its energy and its chi goes into its roots. That's when us herbalists tend to harvest roots is in the fall. Above ground in the winter, everything looks dormant. Everything's sleeping. In the spring, there's a reawakening, a rebirth. The plant's spring up new shoots. Then there's pollination in the spring, alchemy, which connects to sex magic and pollination and creativity. From the flowers, then there's fruit and food. And then after the summer, we harvest those fruit and foods and we have our seasons of celebration, our festivities like Thanksgiving in the US, for example, of sharing the bounty, of preserving it, and getting ready for the winter again. So that cycle of life, death, rebirth, we see, of course, in the garden, on the earth, in wild spaces, but we also see it in the moon cycle Mm -hmm. with the dark moon and the waning energy, the drawing in. Often a lot of women will bleed at that time. There's a release. There's a a change in hormones. The ocean tides shift. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the full moon, which connects to that summer archetype of fullness and of expansion. And that cycle is also something that we can connect with in the archetype of our lives. In the fall, that archetype is of the medicine woman, of the enchantress. There's a mature archetype of the mature feminine. She'll often stop bleeding. And it's said 
traditionally that when women stop bleeding in that kind of late fall of their life, they're drawing their own energy in the way that a plant does. And so it's not a loss of power, as our Western culture would suggest, or a loss of sexiness, as unfortunately modern culture tends to say. It's actually a drawing in of the juiciness. And women will often actually have this like second awakening of creativity or like another career or this new thing that emerges from the depth of their psyche. The winter is connected to the crone archetype, which is the hag, the wise witch, the elder that can sit alone, that doesn't need social time. And the spring is connected to the maiden, that energy of expansion, of wanting new experiences, of travel, the air element, the youthfulness, the intellect, the wanting to learn. And the summer is connected to the mother and is that time of fruition and production and creativity. And in that time of our life, we are working, taking care of kids, and we're doing so much and we're just circulating a lot of energy. So these are some of these energies of the life, death, rebirth cycle. And those are some examples of how we see them in living beings and ecosystems. But even our our creations, like a book or a project or a relationship, everything goes through these cycles. And when we're able to understand them and embody them, then we're not in resistance to this natural regenerative energy that exists. And in my belief and in my teachings, it's actually how we can kind of transcend the trap of modernity, of thinking that we need to always be producing or always be out there in the world and then people get burned out or things become dry. You know, there's a real deep source of vitality and renewal that comes from learning how to ride these regenerative cycles. I love the idea of not fighting, but actually going along and supporting these cycles and what they do to your body as much as you can. So how do you think the whole idea of beauty and skin health is connected to these cycles? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Our current idea of beauty is really emphasizing that beauty is the the maiden archetype, that the beauty is like the eternal youth. Mm -hmm. Our culture is really emphasizing that that is what beauty looks like. And often the representations culturally and racially and of body image is a very small select image of what our culture is saying is beautiful. And unfortunately, that's also mirrored in our relationship to the earth and our own creativity, that kind of eternal youth and the eternal growth of that season from spring to summer. There's nothing in nature that grows indefinitely. And there is a season when we need to begin to draw our energy back in. And so in in terms of beauty and in skin health, there is, of course, a huge emphasis in always looking young and not having wrinkles in these big plump lips and in whatever it is. And that leads to women who are not allowing themselves to age naturally and instead are, are using injections or Botox or are just trying to put so many chemicals on their face in order to fight the ripening of their skin, of their vessel. So there are different ways. And the plants, of course, are some of the best teachers in how to support natural beauty and what natural beauty really is. That's really fascinating. Tell us a little bit about your own rituals and your own ideas of how to support that beauty. Yeah. So as cliche as it sounds, beauty begins on the inside, right? And you can feel that when you meet somebody and there's just an ease and a radiance and a beautiful smile that is glowing from them. It's attractive. People soften, their hearts open, they become attracted to that person. On the other hand, you can have someone who on a photograph would look stunning, but if there's tightness or a a kind of contraction in their energy body, or if there's anger, you're not going to feel that openness and attraction. And so there's some things that I want to share in terms of beauty. and, And one of them is 
actually supporting the nervous system and how critical the nervous system is for us to be in a vibration of beauty and and attraction. Another aspect is nourishment, how important it is for our bodies to be deeply nourished. And I'll talk about the plants that really give us all the minerals and enzymes that allow our skin to regenerate itself, to look radiant, the beauty tonics, and which really we take internally and not slather as much on our skin. And then there's plants that are aphrodisiacs that open us and bring us into pleasure. They say there's like a glow of people after they've made love, right? Or like if you're eating chocolate or just in a moment of pleasure, there's something about the energy body and the person. And when they're exuding pleasure, there's just a warmth and a beauty. And so there are plants that help us open and receive and connect to pleasure, which really is a key component, I believe, to beauty. And then there's also plants that connect us to our joy and our sense of joy and empowerment. And again, that tends to support beauty and attraction, both on the inside and on the outside. Interestingly enough, all of these plants happen to also really support both internal and external beauty. So I'm going to begin with the nourishing herbs. Of course. The nourishing herbs, they are the foundation of my practice as a folk herbalist and really are kind of like the earth body that we are made of. Mm -hmm. And so plants like nettles, cleavers, or oat straw are all plants that are wild. They're abundant. They grow with ease and wild abandon, and they are really rich in minerals enzymes and vitamins. And so when we take these plants in, they are feeding our body and they are building our blood. A lot of them really gently and beautifully support natural detoxification in our body, moving the lymph, cleansing the skin. And so folks who will have maybe acne or hormonal breakouts will notice that after working with the nourishing herbs, their skin improves. People who have um, very dry skin or who have skin that lacks luminosity will notice that after drinking cleavers or oat straw, there's just more natural coloring in their skin. Their skin is more elastic, more vibrant. The eyes become clearer. The whites of the eyes, there's more light that comes from the eyes. The hair becomes stronger and and thicker. Nettles, you know, your nails will grow stronger. So these are plants that really regenerate the cells of the body and that speed up the natural regenerative processes of the skin. And that also gently support the heart circulation, which is so important for physical beauty and internal beauty. They support the digestive system, which again is also so important for for skin health and beauty, the lymphatic system, et cetera. So the nourishing herbs are are fundamental to beauty and drinking about a quart of a nourishing herb of your choice is really going to bring you all of those nutrients that your body needs in order to work optimally. So you said drinking a quart of a single herb, or is it okay to mix them? Yeah, you can definitely mix them. I love mixing nettles and cleavers and oat straw, for example, or cleavers is nice. It's a little more demulcent. Mm -hmm. Nettles can be a little drying. So I like mixing those two together. Oat straw is very nice and neutral. It's not too drying. So that's a really nice combination. I like to add peppermint, especially Mm -hmm. in the summer, to my nourishing herbs to just kind of brighten the flavor and also helps increase circulation, helps cool the body down. A great ally for people who are going through menopause as well and might have hot flashes. So just a real nice ingredient to add to a mix. And yeah, those plants, nettles, cleavers, oat straw also calm the nervous system. They're grounding, they're Mm -hmm. nourishing. And that is another aspect of beauty is having a well-tonified nervous system. So some of the plants that I really love for the nervous system are again, oat straw. Mm -hmm. And again, the nourishing herbs, their power grows when you take them daily. 
They're very gentle. You don't have to worry about any kind of combination with pharmaceuticals. They're very safe. And when you take them daily, the effect really builds. And after about a month of drinking Oatstra, people find that they're so much less stressed and that there's this like joyful energy and this calmness in their belly and this lack of anxiety in their heart. That vitality and energy that Oatstraw gives while also calming us brings us naturally more into our joy. It's going to give you the energy to do things that bring you joy. And it's going to give you the energy and the clarity of mind to make choices that nourish you. And so it's really amazing to notice how everything is so interwoven when it comes to inner and outer beauty. For sure. And I love the fact that all of them are food grade herbs, right? So they are so safe and so gentle and so wonderful. You're mentioning nettles that are so full of vitamins and minerals. And so is the oats. I really love that they are such simple herbs and that you can easily incorporate and pretty tasty or tasty yeah. enough. If you want to add a little bit of honey, that's totally fine. But I love the fact that these are simple things that you can create sort of ritual around. So yes. thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And my ritual with those herbs is every evening after dinner, I make my infusions for the next day and I boil my water and I have a few different quart sized jars and I'll make my infusions and let them seep overnight. So I'll okay. pour the hot water over the plants. Usually I'll use about a handful of okay. nourishing herb for a, a quart mason jar and I'll let it sit overnight infusing with the lid on it, of course, so that the vapors don't evaporate with all the medicine. Mm-hmm. And that long infusion really allows for a nice deep extraction. And then the next morning, the first thing I drink on an empty stomach is some of my nourishing herbs. And that also just instantly allows the nutrients to get into my blood, into my body. It's very healing um, and soothing to the mucous membranes. And then I have them for the rest of my day. So that's my ritual with nourishing herbs. Yeah. I love that you're doing it in the evening because you're still busy doing something and it's so much easier to boil water and to just make the tea right then and there. For people like myself, I guess, morning is not always my friend. And so remembering to make a tea sometimes can be more taxing and more difficult for me. So having something that's already there and waiting for you is really, really great strategy. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And it just goes hand in hand with like cleaning up after dinner. You know, yeah. if you're loading the dishwasher while you're doing that, at the same time, the water can be boiling. And, and so it's just kind of part of closing out the kitchen for the evening. Yeah, it makes it that, very easy. That's great. And so you're actually making several of these different types of infusion. So it might be nourishing tea, but it might be something else as well. Yeah, yeah, I do. And that's also because like I'm riding these waves of the day, right? So that life, death, rebirth cycle, we also have it in the day. And in the morning, we connect that energy of the maiden, the like, waking up, it's a new day. The nourishing herbs are plants that naturally spring up in the springtime. It's a great time to start the day with the nourishing herbs. Then kind of like around noon, when you're connecting to that archetype of the mother and of the summer portal, and you're like doing things and you're busy, I'm either wanting to have herbs that are cooling me down Mm -hmm. and hydrating me so that I don't overburn Or I'm going to be also having some herbs that kind of help keep moving my energy and that help move my circulation, that help me digest my lunch, and that help me from having like an afternoon slump. Sometimes my blood sugar dips a little in the afternoon. So I kind of want something for that time of the day where I still want to be productive and I still want to be clear in my mind. And so I'll have an infusion that supports me for that. And then in the evening, it's nice to have something that's relaxing, that helps you wind down. Because again, you know, that sunset hour that connects to the West, to the fall, to that wise woman portal, it's a time for us to work with the nervines in my philosophy. And it's a time for us to kind of transition from that energy of like, go, 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 productive, more into this sensual, more inner energy 
which will then allow us to actually get good restorative regenerative rest. Because if we're going from like, go, 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 go all the way until we fall asleep, then we often have folks who have insomnia and have a hard time getting real regenerative rest. I'm also thinking about one of the difficulties that I personally have typically affecting how beautiful your skin is, is hydrating or hydrating enough. But because it's sort of preset in your ritual, you're drinking teas that are tasty, that are delicious. And so you're consuming enough water to hydrate your skin. Yes, exactly. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. So any other rituals or any other recommendations that you have for that radiant and healthy skin? Yeah. So there are some plants that are beauty tonics, that are plants that we can drink internally that really have been shown for thousands of years to create more beauty. And one of them is Shisandra Berry. Mm -hmm. And I love Shisandra. And Shisandra is my plant when I was speaking to that infusion that I want to have when I like want to still be my creativity and be clear in my mind and still keep going. Shisandra is that herb for me. I often call her like the miracle berry or -hmm. like the superwoman plant, the superhuman plant, because she's very energizing. She's also an adaptogen and a longevity Mm -hmm. herb. So she's balancing the hormonal system. She's balancing the endocrine system. She's increasing circulation, really helping create mental clarity and focus wonderful for digestion, really beautiful for keeping the liver and the kidneys clean. Mm-hmm. All of these things are so important for skin health. And then also she's astringent and, and there's this amazing kind of puckering that happens when you drink her. She almost tastes like lemonade, right? Mm-hmm. And what's incredible about her actually is in traditional Chinese medicine, she's called Wu Zai, which means the five taste berry. And mm-hmm. she has all five tastes which speaks to how she affects all meridians of the body, all chakras of the body, really works to support all of the systems of the body. But that initial taste of her fruit, of the berry when you make an infusion, is really sour. And that taste of sour is uplifting, and it's actually like almost like a facelift. (laughs) It has a similar energy. And there's a way in which she hydrates tissue, but also tonifies it, tightens it. And so it makes her a phenomenal ally for the heart in terms of feeding it, but also strengthening it. And it also makes her a phenomenal ally for the skin. And a lot of ancient texts will show her being depicted in like these beautiful geishas that are holding a strand of red berries and giving them to an ancient monk and that symbol of her longevity and this eternal youth. And there are people that take her in order to really improve the plumpness of skin, reduce wrinkles, and to really increase energy and vitality. She's also an aphrodisiac. And when you work with her consistently, there's a strong increase in libido. And she also balances the hormones, like I mentioned before. So she can be a great ally for um, women who are feeling like a dip in their hormones or a perimenopausal. I've had a lot of students who are like, my sex life is back. (laughs) And, And also for all genders is a great plant for health, for vitality, for stamina, for sexual endurance. She's also a phenomenal ally for for men's reproductive health and their sexual stamina. So a really, really wonderful herb of vitality. Just a quick break here to remind you that Marisha kindly offered her wonderful book, The Witch's Herbal Apothecary Rituals and Recipes for a Year of Earth Magic and Sacred Medicine Making as a raffle prize for this episode of Plant Love Radio. So please head over to co-fee.com slash plantloveradio and share some of your favorite thoughts on today's conversation. In addition, you will find a coupon code for Marisha's Ritual Sacred Serum, which we will discuss in a couple of minutes in the episode. And now back to our conversation. That's great to hear. 
Are there certain herbs you might recommend, not as infusions, but in other forms? And I'm not necessarily talking about topicals. I use adaptogens sometimes in honey and in other preparations. Do you have any favorites? Yeah. Yeah. I love chocolate Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I eat chocolate every day. And after every single meal, I eat a little dark cacao. And so I love using adaptogens to make different desserts. I also adhere to an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. Really reducing inflammation is important for me and my body and and for my beauty as well, actually. Um, But also just for me to be able to move the energy in the way that I want to as a, a mother, as a woman, as a teacher, as somebody who holds a lot, as a witch, especially as I've gotten older when I'm turning 38 this summer, or maybe in your 20s, people might go out and have drinks and then they can be hung over the next day. But for many years now, I just don't want to feel like crap. <laughs> and also as a mom, I can't afford to have a day where my energy is just non-existent. It's something I'm not interested in. And so I found over the years that regulating my blood sugar is so important. Mm-hmm. And that reducing inflammation in my body is so important. I love hiking. I'm an avid mountaineering woman. And so it's important for me to be able to go out on long adventures into the mountains and to carry a heavy backpack and to be able to jump on rocks. Those are things that are really important to me. And as part of that anti-inflammatory lifestyle, and this is something I teach a lot about with my students, it's food medicine. And that's where the adaptogens come in really strongly for me. Being able to have the pleasure of the hot cocoa, or I'm making this amazing cake these days that's made of zucchini and almond butter and adaptogens. Oh, wow. And and it tastes like Berla's chocolate cake. Nobody believes that it has zero grains, zero sugar. I use xylitol to sweeten it and a little stevia. And that's, that's where I like to add a lot of the adaptogens too. Yeah. So I'll bake with the adaptogens and I'll make desserts and and I make all sorts of delicious elixirs with the adaptogens. And then another form of medicine I really actually enjoy are vinegars Mm -hmm. and extracting certain plants in vinegar, um, especially the nourishing herbs. The the minerals are very well extracted in apple cider vinegar. So you can make a vinegar extraction of nettles or cleavers, any of these plants that have a lot of minerals and use it as a hair wash or as a skin toner diluted with a little bit of apple cider vinegar in your salads. And then there's a tincture that I really adore, which is motherwort tincture. And I don't work with that many tinctures. Mm -hmm. I really love infusions. There's something about just how safe and hydrating and nourishing extractions in water are for me. But the tincture of the nervines of motherwort or blue vervain, or even holy basil or glycerin, having those in water, very diluted where you can't taste the alcohol. It, there's a way where I find that the alcohol extractions really work well with the plants that we're trying to deliver into the nervous system. And, and so for reducing anxiety for calming kind of instantly. I love a tincture of motherwort in a glass of water or tea. That sounds yeah. great. I have my little blue vervain that I'm showing to you right now sitting right in front of me. So this is great. Thank you. So any of the topicals you can think of that are just great additions to your rituals? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so important what we put on our skin. And our skin is absorbing and drinking whatever it is we put on our skin. I think it's so important for us to really stay away from processed botanical, from processed skincare products Mm -hmm. and anything that has chemicals. I just don't put it on my skin. And so a lot of these kind of anti-aging lotions or these um, different beauty products, they're very effective at at marketing and at the storytelling. But when you look at the ingredients, there are a lot of chemicals and some of those can be really disruptive to our hormonal health. Some of them can be really toxic and our body then is taxed with trying to process and cleanse these chemicals out of our bodies. So I use exclusively raw, cold pressed organic oils on my skin. 
And after many years of being a sun worshiper, and again, I go on long expeditions into nature, I don't use sunscreen. um, And I spend a lot of time in the garden. I did start to kind of notice like, okay, I really want to make like the best skin oil ever, because I don't want to really prematurely age. And I want my skin to be really healthy. And I also know that the plants are so nourishing to the skin and that there are a lot that actually have a natural SPF that can be very protective to whether it's wind or sun damage or cold. And so I formulated this beauty oil that's called Ritual Sacred Serum. And it has 28 different plant botanicals and different oils. They're all raw, cold-pressed organic. Mm -hmm. And they're infused with different herbs that regenerate the skin, that speed up healing. So any kind of acne or blemishes or micro tears, that healing will speed up. They reduce puffiness. They reduce redness and blotchiness. And they deeply hydrate the skin and give it like this really beautiful healthy glow. And because there are all these different cold pressed seed oils, they have all of the different fatty acids and minerals and vitamins that our skin needs. So it's the skin just drinks it in and it completely transforms people's skin. And uh, some of the ingredients are cold pressed passion fruit seeds, jojoba oil, which is actually a natural wax. It's the closest Mm -hmm. oil, like the oil that our skin produces. Right. So it's amazing for both people who have dry skin and also people who have acne. And again, this oil is formulated in a way where it really balances. It's kind of like an adaptogen where it will meet you where you're at and bring your skin into harmony. So people who have acne, we have teenagers, we have people with dry, brittle skin. We have people with all different kinds of skin conditions that find their skin looking so, so beautiful after using this. And really, you know, for anybody who wants to make their own oil, just using raw, cold-pressed organic oil is so important because as soon as an oil is processed or heat-treated, it loses a lot of its nutrition and it can, in fact, begin to cause free radical damage. So when you look at different brands and you're looking for a product, notice if the ingredients are organic or not. If they're not organic, then you are adding pesticides and chemicals and your skin has to process that. It's going to speed up aging. Notice if the oils are cold pressed or if they are refined. And again, that's going to make a huge difference. And then the the product that I've created also is infused with these healing herbs And then there's also a very high dose of regeneratively grown organic CBD, which has really phenomenal anti-inflammatory components. So it's been so wonderful to hear people's experience with it. And it's been really beautiful to share it. And that's definitely something that I use all the time, every day. And I've hiked in Peru for 10 days without showering and without sunscreen in 14,000 feet altitude. And I have not gotten sunburnt and it just naturally cleanses your face. And uh, yeah, so it's really protective to the skin, protective against pollutants, against weather, and very regenerative. Another thing that I use on my skin are hydrosols. Mm -hmm. And I really recommend hydrating with hydrosols. I don't use soap at all Mm -hmm. on my skin. And in the morning, I don't wash my face (laughs) with water. (laughs) I just spray it with rose hydrosol. Okay. And that's kind of this duo that that I share with Ritual is the rose hydrosol. You first spray it in, it hydrates your face, and then you lock in that moisture with the oil. Mm -hmm. But that's really what I use. I also really love different natural butters like shea butter, mango butter, Those are really beautiful for the skin. And especially when you need something that's even thicker, if you live in the winter or if your skin is aging and very brittle, those butters, those natural raw, again, organic butters are just phenomenal for the skin. 
And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I use on my skin. <laughs> that is fabulous. And when I was preparing for our conversation, I went on the website for Ritual and I was exploring the, the rose mist that you mentioned, but the hydrosol and then the oil itself. And it looks absolutely divine. It looks gorgeous. I know that you formulate for other companies as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Before I move on to that, I'll just mention for your listeners that if they want 20% off of Ritual, they can use my code, which is SACREDWILD. So if you you type in SACREDWILD as a coupon code, it'll give you 20% off. Thank you. I'll definitely include that for the listeners. So I love formulating. Formulating to me is alchemy. And It's been a beautiful journey to be a formulator in this organic way of not pushing it, where the formulations that I've created have really come from a natural alchemy of my relationship to the plants. And so just as that ritual face oil was birthed from my own natural desire to have something for myself and my skin and and knowing what my needs were in terms of protecting my skin and anti-aging, et cetera. So too, every other formula that I've created has come from this deeply embodied relationship. One of my most famous formulas is it's a beautiful story. This recipe came to me directly from a plant and pretty much the way that I formulate it's through conversation with the plant spirits. So the plant spirits guide me and tell me what to do and how much to use it. And I'm working, and this is how I teach herbal medicine as well. I really teach this connection directly to the plants. And so each of us is working with our own soul and our own heart and our own prayers and the plants and with plants that we are deeply in relationship with. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my students that we really shouldn't be recommending herbs that we don't personally know and have an embodied relationship with. And we also really shouldn't be formulating with herbs that we don't know through our own physical experience. And so when we do have this deep, intimate relationship, I find that the plants just begin to to tell you what to do with them and they bring you inspiration. And uh, this product that I created, it's called Awaken and it's a sexual lubricant. Mm -hmm. It's made by the company Foria, which is an awesome company for, for sexual health and wellness that focuses on pleasure. And this product is a a recipe that came to me from my relationship and from meditation with the plant spirit of kava kava. Mm -hmm. And this is a plant that I just adore, (laughs) have known for years and have worked with for years. It's a plant that I've brought into people's life to support them in grounding, in calming their nervous system and opening their heart and in opening the pleasure centers of their body. And this plant has given me so many teachings about so many things. It has guided me and and given me really amazing advice in moments where I've been in crossroads. It's always like, take it slow, be gentle, everything's okay. And every time that like human part of me is like, but I really want to do this. I can make it happen. Kava's like, effortless action. Everything that we create is alive and has a spirit. And if we create it from a place of chaos, it will ripple a a note of chaos into the world. So Kava has taught me to be so impeccable with what I create, what I birth. And this ally in in sexuality and sensuality and creativity and being calm and grounded and embodied and, and birthing from the heart, birthing from that place of effortless flow. And among many other things, this plant also guided me in creating this topical lubricant. And it's a beautiful oil that people put on their genitals and it increases circulation and it has all of these amazing aromas. It has plants like vanilla and cardamom and cacao and kava and it increases sensation And it's been incredible to hear these stories from people over the last few years 
There have been people who have written to the company and, and I, they've forwarded me some of these letters. People who have said like, I've had endometriosis for 20 years and I haven't been able to have pleasure when I can't have sex with my husband. And this is the first time I've been able to have sex without pain. Or this is the first time I've had an orgasm. Or this is like an amazing ally for me in connecting to my own pleasure and myself without a partner. So it's been so beautiful to just feel the healing gifts of the plants and and the medicine of these plants and, and these formulations and how they're able to touch so many people. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts as a formulator is to be able to really formulate for other companies as well, who want to do the storytelling, who want to get the product out there. And I get to just share this creation and it gets to reach many people. This is so wonderful and so powerful. Thank you for sharing this. And I will definitely include links in the show notes for both companies and the products that you mentioned. So thank you. In addition to being a formulator, you have mentioned that you are an educator, that you're a teacher, you have the Sacred Wild Apprenticeship. And I would like to ask you to talk about the apprenticeship itself, what people learn through the apprenticeship, who is it for? Just tell us a little bit of what happens. Yeah, the apprenticeship is just my greatest joy to hold this container. And it's so beautiful to be able to gather with people from all over the world now because it's online. And we begin in the fall equinox and we journey through the wheel of the year. We journey for 10 months together. And each month I introduce a few herbs to the students and we have an opening live ceremony via Zoom that's also recorded. And I guide them through plant meditation to connect directly to the spirit of the plant and to begin that relationship of learning, how does this plant taste? What does it feel like? Where is it going in my body? What is happening? So the whole course teaches students how to learn directly from plants about their medicinal properties and their spiritual gifts. And it's also a healing journey. Because when we begin to enter these relationships with the plants, they begin to love us and heal us and come into our lives and meet these needs that humans can't always meet. It's really a remarkably beautiful thing to work with people and to see that all humans need love and the earth needs love. And our culture kind of puts so much pressure on romantic relationships, on partnerships, and so much pressure is put on like your one partner who's supposed to meet all of these emotional, psychological needs. And when we begin to realize that we can receive from the non-human, our life just becomes so much richer and our soul is able to be fed in these ways. And we're able to grow from these relationships, from the alchemy of these relationships with the non-human as well. So that's really what the sacred wild is about. It's about learning how to feed the sacred wild within you and within nature. And so it's a personally healing journey, a spiritual journey. It's a training in folk herbalism. And it's also a, a training in regenerating the earth through how we are in relationship to her in gardening, in wild crafting, in medicine making, in meditation, shamanism, deep ecology, these sorts of things. That and just sounds fabulous. Absolutely it's fabulous. So fun. <laughs> it's really fun. And it's amazing. It's been amazing to go online, actually, because we have students from all over the world people of all backgrounds. There are scholarships available. No one is turned away. So we're able to have a real diversity in our student body. And it feels powerful to be working with the earth and the spirits in this way all over the planet. Often when we're in ceremony, I just feel us like these acupuncture needles and our prayers are weaving together and we're able to ground our prayers into the body of the earth. And that feels immensely healing to me very powerful. Thank you. You mentioned earlier in our conversation that you recently became a published book author. So I know that the book is called The Witch's Herbal Apothecary, Rituals and Recipes for a Year of Earth Magic and Sacred Medicine Making. Who is this book for? Yeah, 
This book is um, really for all sorts of people who are interested in connecting to themselves, to nature, and to magic and spirit. So it's for people who are new to herbalism, as well as to seasoned herbalists. I've had a huge spectrum of people on the herbal path respond really positively to it. It's both a gentle way to introduce you to a tradition of healing and to working with the plants, both physically and in this way of intimate relationship. But it's also proven to be quite inspiring to people who are seasoned herbalists because it really offers this lens of working with the plants as plant spirits as well. And then it also, similar to the course, The Sacred Wild Apprenticeship, it takes the the reader through the journey of the Wheel of the Year. So it's a book that you can come back and reference in all the different seasons to really learn how to ride these currents of nature, be it in the season of spring or in the morning or with the new crescent moon. So it offers rituals and practical guidance on things to do in the garden, how to make medicine. There's a lot of recipes in there. Yeah, it's it's a really kind of fun book. Is that recipe for zucchini chocolate uh, cake in your book? It's not. <laughs> it, <laughs> it will be in the next one, right? It will be in the next one. It's one that, that I'm giving to my apprentices, yeah. Okay, all right. That's great. Well, where can someone purchase your book? You can purchase my book on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles and all of the regular sources, as well as local bookstores. You can request them at a local bookstore. You can also purchase a signed copy from me on my website, which is schoolofthesacredwild.com. And on my website, you can also find a link to Foria, the, the lubricant, as well as to Ritual, and as well as to registering for the course. I just opened registration for the next apprenticeship that's going to begin in the fall equinox and ends in the summer solstice. And so spots do fill up, but all the registration information and information about the course is on my website. That's perfect. Tell us one more time the name of the website, the address. School of the Sacred Wild.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, Marisha, a couple of more questions for you. In addition to your website, I know that you're huge on Instagram. How can someone find you there? Yeah. So, my Instagram, I think if you look up School of the Sacred Wild, I will come up, but it's actually under my name. Okay. And my name is Marisha Mirnowska, and it's very hard to spell and remember, but it's M A R Y S I A and then an underscore M I E R N O W S K A. So, my name is what my Instagram handle is. Perfect. And I will definitely include that in the show notes so uh, our listeners can find all this information. As we are finishing uh, this conversation, I want to ask you one last question about perhaps pearls of wisdom or maybe closing thoughts as they relate to the uh, wheel of year cycle or perhaps beauty or skin health or anything that we have discussed or anything else that you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? Mm, Thank you for that. Yeah, I think the pearls of wisdom that I wish to really just share and offer from my heart is that we live on one living earth and that we are a part of one living body that is the earth. And there's something so healing and magical when we can relax into experiences of belonging, that we belong on this earth, and that we are able to heal the earth by healing ourselves and by loving the earth and by loving ourselves and by creating loving, healing, reciprocal relationships between people, between cultures and between the human and the non-human. So I just have found that we live on this earth that is able to regenerate herself. And she shows this to us every single day with the setting sun and with the rising sun. And that we too are able to regenerate and heal and change our ways. And so my prayer is that we become agents of transformation on this planet and that we 
come into deep devotion and we fall deeper in love with this beautiful earth and this beautiful life and with these regenerative gifts that exist in us and in the sacred wild all around us. Prisha, thank you so much for your love, your beauty, your wonderful message, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Lana. Thank you for this opportunity, and thank you to all who listened and gathered with us today. Blessed be. Thank you so much for joining us today for this conversation with Marisha Mirnovska. I hope you have enjoyed it. All the resources that we discussed in this episode can be found at plantloveradio.com slash 80. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Rose Herbs. Whether you are a budding herbalist or an established practitioner, Mountain Rose Herbs offers the highest quality organically grown herbs, spices, teas, essential oils, and botanical goods. To learn more about the company and explore their amazing collection, please head over to plantloveradio.com slash mountainroseherbs. When you shop through this link, you support Mountain Rose Herbs as well as Plant Love Radio and allow us to create many future episodes with clinicians, researchers, medicine makers, and different types of plant lovers. Thank you so much for doing that. Are you listening to Plant Love Radio for the first time? Please subscribe to the podcast to seamlessly get future episodes downloaded to your device. I'm so thrilled to introduce you to many amazing guests and topics. And of course, nothing says thank you better than sharing this show with a friend who might enjoy it and giving us a five-star rating and review. Thank you so much in advance. The music you hear in the introduction was written by a neighbor of mine, David Scholl, and is called Something About Cat. My deepest gratitude to Bill Gilligan for this opportunity to play it. Thanks again for being here today. I really appreciate you. Till the next time, thank you for loving plants and planting love. Mm-hmm.